Hi, this is Dr. Daniels, and welcome to Healing with Dr. Daniels. It is Sunday, July 7th, 2019, and have we got a show for you. For you. But first, we're going to check in uh, with Facebook, or maybe we won't. I don't know. Let's see here. Uh, here we are. Yeah, there we go. That was easy. Alrighty, so today's topic is Could the most frequently prescribed drugs be useless? Can you believe that? Useless. Not only useless, but the most frequently prescribed drugs. Look, we're talking about the top 10 drugs. So, of course, what prompted uh, this show was again a missive. That means a message that has been sent to your doctor or to his inbox. So this is not a matter of uh, some alternative healer somewhere with some, I don't know, bizarre idea. No, 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 no. (laughs) This is actually medical industrial complex saying, hey, doc, stop using these drugs. So it's 11 drugs you should seriously consider de-prescribing. Now that's, that's a very uh, technical, sanitized version for 11 drugs you should seriously quit using, quit prescribing. And it's a pay people are taking it, like by golly, you know, take them off the drug. <laughs> And so this is, uh, and, and they put it in a slideshow format, just in case your doctor has a short attention span. You know, kind of bullet points. So number one, so first we're going to go over the, the drugs that should, should no longer be used. Then we're going to take a look at the top 10 drugs that doctors prescribed in the year 2018. All right. So these are stool softeners. The stool softeners, when I started in medical school back in 1979, Everybody got a stool softener. By golly. So now it says there is no evidence, no evidence that docosate sodium is effective for what it is used for. Now, they didn't say some evidence. They didn't say weak evidence. They said no evidence. How could a substance be used so prevalently for 40 years when there's no evidence that it's effective for what it's used for? Uh, this is, uh, to me, as a medical student, this was shocking because from time to time I would ask my professor, well, whoa, where's the evidence? And they said, oh, oh, it's coming, it's coming, we're going to get the evidence, it's in the future. I said, well, well, well wait a minute, if, if, if we have no evidence now, then why are we doing this now? Because, of course, I was just a medical student putting in 90 hours a week, studying and not getting any sleep, no time to eat. And I'm like, whoa, whoa. If this stuff is, uh, there's no evidence, let's not even teach it. I don't have to learn it. (coughs) Simplify my life. But uh, nobody was listening. And, of course, I was told that uh, I just didn't understand. (laughs) So there's no evidence that this is effective. In a randomized controlled trial, 170 adults with chronic constipation received either 5 grams of psyllium or 100 milligrams of docosate twice daily. 
So psyllium was safe and superior in its effect on stool frequency, water content, total stool output, and the combination of several objective measures of constipation. So compared with a baseline, psyllium increased stool water content uh, more than twofold. And they did a study in cancer patients, uh, compared those treated with a combination of stimulant laxative and senicides and docosate to those treated with docosate alone. Patients were followed for almost 500 days. The Senate-only group had more frequent bowel movements with no difference in amount of reported cramping compared with the group taking the combination. So in other words, Senna, what they tell you guys to never take, actually works. Docosate, which doctors have been prescribing for at least 40 years, does not work. So docosate probably continues to be overused, probably continues to be overused. If it's used at all, it's being overused because, of course, it doesn't work, right? So to say probably continues to be overused is, it's, again, it's a contradiction because if it's used at all, it's an overuse because it's not effective. And so a cohort study found that one-third of patients admitted to the hospital on internal medicine floor who were not taking docosate at the time of admission were discharged with a docosate prescription, which, of course, is curious because, well, docosate is over-the-counter. So that's something that when I was uh, in medical school and even practicing in the 90s, that was a standard order written on everyone's chart, written by the hospital. The hospital said, hey, boom, these are standing orders every person gets when they come in. And if you as a doctor don't prescribe this, you got to give an explanation as to why not. So uh, this is interesting that you have a drug, no evidence of effectiveness, no whatever. And not only is it used by doctors, but the hospital institution uh, incorporates it into a required standard of care. Interesting. <laughs> Antibiotics before dental procedures. So there's no evidence no evidence that antibiotic prophylaxis before dental procedures is necessary. There is, read this, no evidence to support this practice. Like, what? No evidence? No evidence? <laughs> so this is antibiotics before dental uh, procedures given um, you know, to prevent endocarditis, ditis, and um, for people especially who have had joint replacements. And you're like, no, this is not, this is totally useless. There's no evidence. And uh, amazing. It's just amazing. Now, they say antibiotics before dental procedures are useless, but, of course, that begs the other question if antibiotics at all are useful, in the, number one. Number two, is there an alternative to an antibiotic such as, say, maybe an enema or something, or maybe hydration? So, again, we have here antibiotics, at least in one situation, they say, are proven to be useless. In other words, there's no evidence of their effectiveness. This is really just totally amazing. And, again, this is this is printed out, put out by Medscape, you know, the the 
medical industrial complex authority and information. And really what is being revealed here is that much of medicine is based on simply religious ritual unrelated to uh, scientific, if you want to use that word, evidence, unrelated to any evidence of effectiveness or benefit. And so a lot of what your doctor does is no more based in science than ritual, say, at, at, your, uh, at your church. I'm not saying religion is bad. What I am saying is going to church and praying, this is why going to church and praying is as effective and often more effective than seeing your doctor. It's because of rituals like this that have no evidence of effectiveness, number one, but number two, have side effects. So antibiotics, we know, can, can and do kill people. Whereas uh, what's done in churches is, you know, at least it's not killing you. I mean, there's no harm, uh, no side effect to lighting a candle or saying a prayer. In fact, it can even be beneficial. Ho, ho, ho. This is the biggie. Proton pump inhibitors. <laughs> so proton pump inhibitors. Among the potential problems associated with proton pump inhibitors are reduced absorption of calcium with increased fracture risk. That means you break bones. So if you take a proton pump inhibitor, which is a common drug used for indigestion, gastroesophageal reflux disease, or even ulcer disease, it can cause you to break bones. And it can cause uh, kidney failure and dialysis. And it can increase your risk for C. difficile infection, which is a deadly uh, infection of the intestines. And mortality may also be increased. What do you mean may also be increased? It increases the incidence of conditions that are deadly. Of course, uh, mortality is increased. And there's enough research showing that as well. Some people do need proton pump inhibitors long term, like uh, people with reflux and can't treat it with anything else. Scleroderma-related reflux in elderly patients on chronic non-steroidal anti-inflammatory drug therapy. Read Motrin, Nufrin, Indocin, basic arthritis. Now, all these people who supposedly need this, these are the very people who are actually the most susceptible to proton pump inhibitors, uh, side effects, dangers, and even dying of them. So these people that they say do need them are actually the ones that you really shouldn't give them to at all because it's just so, just that dangerous. So uh, what should you do instead? Personally, I recommend chewing on fennel seeds. But hey, not medical advice. Do what you want. But the point is, proton pump inhibitors, there's no evidence of their safety or effectiveness. So many other patients are prescribed proton pump inhibitors. They're often prescribed for stress, ulcer prevention, and hospitalized patients. Holy cow but aren't needed after discharge. Another common use of proton pump inhibitors is for abdominal pain without a recognized source. Well, that's bad news, of course. In this situation, it makes sense to try taking the patient off the proton pump inhibitor. The data on the benefits versus harms of deprescribing are inconclusive. So a, te- a study found that, that stopping proton pump inhibitors can increase stomach symptoms while reducing uh, the amount of pills taken. Now, the big deal here is this drug has got so many absolutely, totally devastating problems. 
that are game enders, not so much game changers, but game enders. In other words, you know, this is a a slow waltz. I don't say slow waltz, a faster waltz to the grave than what maybe you might have had otherwise. So, and they have evidence-based guidelines to help you stop using proton pump inhibitors. Now, what else do we know about proton pump inhibitors? They are seriously expensive drugs. We're talking like uh, $100 to $300 a month. These are expensive drugs. But again, no evidence, no evidence of effectiveness, <clears throat> except supposedly in these three cases, which is reflux doesn't work uh, when you use other drugs, reflux related to scleroderma, and old people who are taking um, pain medicines that could cause them to bleed to death. And next, statins. Whoa. Statins, that means drugs designed to lower cholesterol. That means cholesterol-lowering drugs should be stopped. Are you kidding me? What? (laughs) So statins for primary prevention. What's primary prevention? So to take a statin to prevent a heart attack in someone who's never had a heart attack is no longer recommended. There is no evidence of effectiveness. So there's no clear evidence that high cholesterol leads to heart disease or death. Whoa. Did you hear that? Yes. (laughs) So statins in the Choosing Wisely campaign has issued a statement on statins in those over age 75 saying there's no clear evidence that high cholesterol leads to heart disease or death in this population. Now, it might be that... uh, High cholesterol does not lead to heart disease or death in any other population either. But let's just say if you're over 75, there's conclusive evidence like, boom, cage closed. The evidence is that it does, high cholesterol does not lead to heart disease or death. And um, similar cholesterol studies in younger populations shows actually the same thing, that it's actually the high dairy that leads to the heart disease and death. So if you take a low dairy consumption population and they have high cholesterol levels, there's no uh, negative health outcome as a result of that. So this is very interesting. So sadness can be associated with muscle symptoms, uh, read muscle pain and weakness. It can interact with several drugs. It increases the poisonous in elderly patients, but also, by the way, in younger patients as well. Now, they say if you've had a a stroke or a heart attack, then maybe statins would be effective. But if you haven't had a heart attack, if you haven't had a stroke, then no point in taking it. Very interesting. (laughs) Benzodiazepines, read Valium. So insomnia is a common uh, concern in older patients, and a lot of times it's managed with drugs. But the use of Zolpidem, Zalpilod, and Esploclone should be avoided in elderly patients. Now, so many elderly patients are on SSRIs, which is antidepressants, and may also be taking 
the benzodiazepine to treat the insomnia caused by the SSRI. How cute is that? All these drug groups, benzodiazepines, SSRIs, and ben- raise the risk of falls in the elderly. And we know what falls do. Falls in the elderly, falls break bones and cause uh, premature death. So these drugs should be stopped. Beta blockers. What? Beta blockers? You kidding me? <laughs> so way back when in the dark ages, we call it 1979, I started medical school. Beta blockers were, were uh, I won't say all the rage, but they were prescribed a lot. And back then, the uh, dangers of beta blockers were really emphasized. We were told, hey, wait a minute. These beta blockers can cause congestive heart failure, which means cause the lungs to fill up with water, cause the ankles to swell, and cause a person to die. These beta blockers can cause a person uh, to have more asthma, can cause fatigue, tiredness, and can cause erectile dysfunction, which means a guy basically can't do what guys do. So American Heart Association, beta blocker use was recommended for three years after a heart attack. With, of course, grade B evidence. And we know what grade B is. It's like second rate. So they said, well, it's reasonable to continue beyond three years after a heart attack. More recent data have shown, have not shown any long-term mortality benefit with prolonged beta blocker use. And call into question even the immediate benefit of beta blockers after a heart attack. So, in other words, why give a drug to weaken the heart after you've already had a heart attack, which weakens the heart? Just the logic of that is like a head-scratcher, right? Who did that research? <laughs> so furthermore, beta blockers are not very powerful anti-blood pressure agents and are less effective than other options for the treatment of hypertension in the elderly. And atenolol, a very popular beta blocker, is especially ineffective for prevention of negative outcomes from hypertension. Now, we know, since we've been at this for a while, that all blood pressure drugs are ineffective in preventing um, adverse health events and do not prolong life. So we know that already because, well, we've been doing research for a while on this topic. (laughs) So stop those beta blockers. They're telling the doctors. Drugs for asthma. This is interesting. So asthma and COPD, chronic obstructive pulmonary disease, read emphysema. So many patients with shortness of breath are diagnosed with asthma or COPD. And when their symptoms do not resolve, more drugs and higher doses are prescribed. So in a recent study, one-third of patients with a current diagnosis of asthma had normal airflow and had no problems with weaning off asthma medicines. So one-third of patients with a current diagnosis of asthma basically just don't need their medicine. The same high rate of incorrect asthma diagnosis has been shown in several other studies over the past few years. The major culprit in misdiagnosis was not using spirometry to make the diagnosis. Very interesting. And we are going to commercial, and we will be back.
folks, we're living in a world the likes of which we've never perceived any clearer than we do now. The plan for global governance has been in the works for generations and would have likely been achieved by now, but for the fact that the globalists left open their Achilles heel. With all their tools, Federal Reserve System, fiat currency, no child left behind, and then common core education introduced to our schools to dumb us down, vaccines, pharmaceuticals to lobotomize us, GMO foods, insertion of compromised or bought and paid for politicians, judges, mainstream media propaganda, all pieced together like a puzzle designed to ultimately bring the world under submission. But with all their strategy, they forgot one thing, knowledge and knowledge is power. With knowledge, their bombardment is nullified. Folks, with that, as brilliant and knowledgeable as you've become, among the wisest audience of any radio audience in the world, and you are, I want you to take a moment to reflect and ask yourself, how much of that knowledge did I obtain from Republic Broadcasting Network? How high has my consciousness been raised since I've been a listener? How fast am I now able to discriminate truth from fake news by being a Republic Broadcasting listener? How clear am I now able to see the world since I've been listening to RBN? Ask yourselves those questions, folks. Then ask yourself, what is that knowledge worth to me? Like my morning coffee, how would I survive without it? A voice of truth and a sea of lies. Do we not all need to make sure it survives? Like public broadcasting, we are now finding we can only survive with listener support. Censorship, advertisers being attacked, truth itself being attacked. It's the only way through this. We at Republic Broadcasting humbly ask you to become a supporter. Look at your budget and make a determination of what Republic Broadcasting is worth to you and what you can afford on a monthly basis. Go to republicbroadcasting.org and pledge 20, 30, 40, 50, if possible, 100 a month or more if it's affordable. Click the Donate button and become a regular monthly donor. Assure both us and yourself that Republic Broadcasting Truth will continue to flow like that morning coffee. The network thanks you. It's happening, ladies and gentlemen. We here at RBN are working with Front Sight Firearms Training Institute to bring our audience the best in combat, tactical, and defensive firearms training. Whether you're a private citizen who is new to firearms or you have a concealed weapon permit and want a level of training that surpasses what you've received from your local gun range, Front Sight provides priceless education and skills taught by seasoned law enforcement, military, and private citizen instructors to levels that far exceed law enforcement and military standard. With nearly a million responsible citizens trained from every town, city, and state from across the United States, Front Sight has bolstered the Patriot movement to a whole new level. Contact Dan Sutterfield by phone at 573-762-2356 or 573-465-2356 or shoot him an email at domedan, D-O-M-E-D-A-N at hotmail.com. This is a limited time opportunity. Don't miss it. Give such delight We all leave before morning light Hi, this is Dr. Daniels, and welcome back to Healing with Dr. Daniels. Alrighty. Okay, we're talking about drugs that should no longer be used. <laughs> Tell you, you cannot make this stuff up. This is just, uh, it's shocking. Okay, so drugs for asthma and emphysema. So it's a good idea in, pra- in which to practice deprescribing. Some patients, and now they use the word deprescribing, it's like, stop the drugs, stop it, stop it, stop it. <laughs> so some patients with asthma and COPD are misdiagnosed. Others may not have active asthma, and medications could be weaned. And this is one thing that they, you know, they're, they're kind of dancing around the, ro- the uh, mulberry bush on this one, but 
basically you have a temporary condition which the person for whatever reason has restricted airflow it's a temporary condition and doctors are trained to prescribe medicines for a lifetime for a condition that's temporary and limited and and will go away on its own as you can see these drugs don't make anything go away right they just oh take it for the rest of your life okay (laughs) so what else do these doctors need to stop prescribing Drugs for urinary incontinence. So the anti-muscarinic agents, big word, uh, darifenacin, fesotridine, oxybutynin. We used oxybutynin a lot back in the old days. Selefensinin, tolterodine, and trospium. Used commonly for the treatment of stress, urinary incontinence have a small benefit, if any, <laughs> These drugs have strong properties and can cause major side effects, especially in elderly patients. And the Beers criteria, that's uh, some committee that got together and made some decisions, uh, describes this class of drugs, total class of drugs, as potentially inappropriate for use in the elderly. For example, oxybutynin resolved urinary incontinence in 114 out of 1,000 treated patients. That's more or less a 90% failure rate, just by the way. And 63% stop treatment because of side effects. So this is really a minimal, minimal benefit. I mean, 90% failure rate, really? Hmm. Now, remember, placebo cures 33%. So this drug is actually preventing people from getting better. Cholinesterase inhibitors for Alzheimer's disease. Now, I actually did a radio show on this back in 2012. 2012. Can you believe it? 2012. And the very research that the drug company put in the package insert indicated that fewer than 7% of people who took the drug could be said to have benefited from it. That's very modest. So this is another case, finally, they say, a very modest benefit and many disconcerting, that means troubling, uh, disturbing side effects. The number needed to treat for any benefit in patients with this drug is 12. So they're saying, get this straight, <clears throat> since you need, to need tw- you need to treat 12 people for even one person to benefit, the drug's no good. But wait, but wait. We know for a fact that in blood pressure, you have to treat 100 people for one person to benefit. So if an NNT number needed to treat is 12, and that's a reason to stop using the drug, what about this whole class of drugs called blood pressure drugs where the NNT is is 99? Or diabetes, the NNT is over 700. How do you like that? (laughs) Or for cholesterol drugs, the NNT is over 1,000. If you're going to have a standard of NNT is 12, and I'm not saying you shouldn't have that standard. I'm just saying if you are, it should be evenly, equally applied. But I digress. So 11 will be treated but have no benefit. And so for blood pressure medicines, when you treat 100 people, 99 have no benefit. Just saying. The side effects are disturbing with this class of drugs and include nausea, increased ap- decreased appetite, weight loss, Passing out, fainting, 
and wet in your pants, urinary incontinence. So some patients may even be started on, a, on another drug for the urinary incontinence caused by, the, by this drug. So they're saying, hey, you know what, doctors, just stop it. But no, no, they don't say stop. They say de-prescribe. De-prescribe. You can't say stop. The word stop is like, oh, no. never stop a drug. De-prescribe it. <laughs> and for all the Alzheimer's drugs, every last one of them, there is very little evidence of effectiveness. Even this one in 12 is uh, higher, actually, than many uh, manufacturers compl- uh, claim. So this is basically uh, a pretty low effectiveness rate. Muscle relaxants for back pain. Now, this is something... Um, We were told, I mean, off the bat, in medical school in 1979, these drugs don't work, but prescribe them anyway. They don't work, but prescribe them anyway. I kind of scratched my head on that one. I said, well, I haven't done the work. I'm, I'm not going to waste a piece of uh, prescription paper. It takes all the time for me to write out the patient name and this and that and then and sign my name. Nah, forget that. So, of course, as I said, Jennifer Gillard. We're show. We will be back. You are tuned in to the Republic Broadcasting Network. Visit our website by going to republicbroadcasting.org. Corporate media dominates the American opinion. Finding independent voices that counter this avalanche is becoming increasingly difficult. With the endless corruption running rampant throughout our government, independent voices are needed more than ever to battle the offensive against our freedoms and liberties. As a listener of RBN, no one understands this concept better than you. Now it's up to you to do your part. The time has come for you to take action and begin broadcasting the truth to hundreds or thousands of people every month. Sound impossible? Quite the contrary. With pointed slogans from LibertyStickers.com, you can reach countless sleeping Americans unaware that they live in a real-life wonderland. LibertyStickers.com has a huge inventory of political bumper stickers and messages that reflect the truth about our government, our politicians, and the future of America. With so many in stock, there's one perfect for you. Visit us today at LibertyStickers.com. Again, that's LibertyStickers.com. Do your part. Your voice is important. Let it be heard. The reviews for Extendivite are amazing. Here are some from Amazon. September 2018. Extendivite works in keeping my blood pressure in the normal range. I've been using Extendivite for many years now. May 2018. Great product. I use regularly and I rarely get sick. March 2018. This product has relieved what appeared to be angina pain in my chest and shortness of breath after climbing stairs. I'm quite happy about it. February 2018. My husband, son, and I have been using this product for a few months now, and we have noticed an improvement in our joints and blood pressure. Tell us your story. Get Extendivite today. To order, call 1-877-928-8822. That's 1-877-928-8822. Or visit heartdrop.com. 
Extend your life with it's happening, ladies and gentlemen. We here at RBN are working with Front Sight Firearms Training Institute to bring our audience the best in combat, tactical, and defensive firearms training. Whether you're a private citizen who is new to firearms or you have a concealed weapon permit and want a level of trading that surpasses what you've received from your local gun range, Front Sight provides priceless education and skills taught by seasoned law enforcement, military, and private citizen instructors to levels that far exceed law enforcement and military standard. With nearly a million responsible citizens trained from every town, city, and state from across the United States, Front Sight has bolstered the Patriot movement to a whole new level. Contact Dan Sutterfield by phone at 573-762-2356 or 573-465-2356 or shoot him an email at domedan, D-O-M-E-D-A-N at hotmail.com. This is a limited time opportunity. Don't miss it. Hi, this is Dr. Daniels, and welcome to Healing with Dr. Daniels. And today we are asking, could the most popularly prescribed drugs actually be totally useless? Could they be useless? (laughs) The answer, of course, is yes. Well, at least according to the medical industrial complex itself, and we're not going to question them. They are correct. We're going to accept their information as accurate. Okay, so muscle relaxants. The evidence of benefit is not enough for the use of muscle relaxants for the treatment of subacute or chronic low back pain. In other words, any kind of back pain. This class of medications produces a great deal of side effects and is especially dangerous in the elderly as evidenced by its categorization as inappropriate and again the beer's criteria. Toxicity, that means poisoning, is increased when combined with alcohol. So this is bad news, muscle relaxants. And this is like things like Flexeril, for example. It was a real popular one that we used back then. But a muscle relaxant is not going to help back pain. Why? Because it's not a problem of the muscles. It's a problem of chemicals leaking into the muscles, and the chemicals cause the pain. So if you relax the muscle, pain is still there. Then you know, It has nothing to do with the cause of the pain. And let's see here. Number 12, supplements. I wish I could show you this picture. But this is a picture of what appears to be a supermarket shelf filled with supplements. So now let's see if we can unravel this statement. So many patients take over-the-counter supplements. In fact, many doctors and nurses take and recommend supplements. Why would doctors and nurses take and recommend supplements? Oh, because the drugs they're trained to use don't work, right? Just say it. Taking supplemental vitamins is especially common, although no benefit has been shown in cardiovascular disease. Now, the studies in cardiovascular disease were done on synthetic vitamin E and synthetic vitamins, just by the way. Or in the case of vitamin D, cancer prevention. Again, the vitamin D, I've done a whole story on this one, but let's just say I agree with that. Calcium, so now, taking a vitamin D supplement does not prevent cancer, but Having a high vitamin D level does prevent cancer. Now, what's that all about? turns out that when your body makes its own vitamin D, there are a lot of intermediaries and precursors your body makes along the way that prevent cancer. So when you just give the body vitamin D, it shuts down that whole 
cancer prevention pathway and all you have is D. Calcium supplements are also unlikely to benefit postmenopausal women. And again, calcium supplements are proven to not benefit anybody, period. Just, if you got a problem, calcium supplements are not the answer. Why? Because the American diet is so high in calcium that whatever the problem, calcium is not the answer. So in a large study, calcium and vitamin D supplementation slightly increased the frequency of kidney stones, but did not reduce risk of bone fracture. And calcium supplementation does inhibit thyroid hormone absorption. I guess that's if you're taking thyroid hormone, the the calcium doesn't help. So they only mentioned two supplements, vitamin D and calcium. And then they didn't mention the vitamin E, which is synthetic for cardiovascular disease. Does this mean all other supplements are no good? No, it does not mean that at all. So let's take a look then at the top 10 drugs that are prescribed, right? So let's see if we can find an overlap (laughs) in the top 10 drugs. Okay, here we are. Top 10 drugs. Now, can we get a year on this? Top 10 drugs prescribed in the U.S. So we can guess this is 2018. So number one is hydrocodone. Well, we know about that, right? That's the gateway drug to heroin. And that's, that's the drug that's leading the lower life expectancy in the United States and increased death among Caucasian people aged 40 to 60. All right, that's Vicodin, bad news, number one. Definitely need to stop using that. Zocor, that's a cholesterol-lowering drug. That was on our list, right? Stop using that one. Lisinopril, this is for high blood pressure. Not on the list, but again, the number needed to treat is 99. So if we're going to apply the same criteria for drugs against Alzheimer's to the blood pressure drugs, they should be deprescribed as well, lisinopril. Then we have Levox. A, a Synthroid generic. Again, it wasn't on the deprescribed list, but recently the medical industrial complex has decided that uh, Synthroid is being overused. It's being given to people who don't need thyroid replacement. So while it may not be on the stop it list, it's definitely on the don't start it list. Azithromycin, this is uh, an antibiotic. And again, one that is often prescribed for dental prophylaxis, depending on your allergy profile. And so it's an antibiotic used for treating ear, throat, and sinus infections. Again, dental prophylaxis, as well as pneumonia and bronchitis, and some sexually transmitted disease. Common side effects are mm, diarrhea, nausea, stomach pain, vomiting, and occasionally liver damage, allergy reactions, nervousness, nervousness and uh, abnormal heartbeats. But just say it. Then we have number seven, another cholesterol drug. Again, on the deprescribed list, deprescribe those cholesterols. Amlodipine is a calcium channel blocker. Again, blood pressure, we won't get into that. And then we have hydrochlorothiazide, another blood pressure medicine. But of the ones we talked about today, the uh, cholesterol is in, occupies two of the top ten spaces. And then we also know that the uh, 
narcotics are simply bad news, that they are responsible for a deadly epidemic that is sweeping the United States and starts at the tip of the doctor's pen. So it is amazing that we have uh, one, two, three, three of the top five drugs, of the top ten drugs, three of the top ten are presently believed to be drugs that nobody should be taking or it should be stopped. And this is the nature of medicine, that you're really engaged in a fall fashion show. And every year we have drugs that are given to people because it's just the fashion of the day. Is there evidence of effectiveness? Well, just wait. Five years from now, ten years from now, they'll say, oh, wait, there was never any evidence that it worked. (laughs) So how did the FDA approve it? We don't know. How did it become the standard of care? We don't know. But the point is to realize that the drugs your doctor is is prescribing, there's pretty much no evidence of its effectiveness. And so why he's prescribing it, that's his issue. But you you have to ask yourself seriously, why are you taking it? So the doctor's got his issues. He's got a license to keep. He's got rituals to follow. He's got a club he's trying to maintain his membership in called a license. But that often has nothing to do with your health. It's just two are unrelated. So it doesn't make sense then to take too seriously or put much weight on what the doctor's writing on that prescription pad. All righty. So we have an early start. We can clarify some questions. So let me find uh, um, recents, documents, recents. Here we are. All right. So we had a question during the commercial where someone asked, so then, does dairy cause heart disease and death, not cholesterol? That's an interesting question. The actual clarification on that is the only study that was done, that I'm aware of, is that when the cholesterol is high and the dairy intake is high, then you have increase in heart disease and death. When the cholesterol is high, but the dairy intake is low, there's no increased risk of any illness, disease, or problem. (laughs) So Don says, what's something natural to take to get blood right after heart surgery instead of blood thinners? That's an excellent question. Um, So first of all, the thing to understand is universal blood thinner is water. So the answer would be, Switch your beverages to water. That's number one. The next thing is why is your blood thick? Again, not enough water. Another reason your blood is thick is toxins that should be pooped out are remaining in your system. So pooping three times a day, that will go a long way towards getting your blood right after surgery instead of blood thinners. And then finally, if increasing your water and 
pooping is not enough, then you can take vitamin C. And vitamin C, you start with a half teaspoon and a cup of water, and you just build up to whatever it takes to create a situation where moderate pressure on your skin will cause a bruise, and then you just back off a bit, and that is your, that is your dose. Now, also, I have to say, this is not medical advice. Uh, I accept no liability or responsibility for anything you may or may not do with the information, so at your own risk, of course. Dr. Daniels, why are we seeing so many young men with impotency and young women with infertility issues? Good question. Um, so, there's two reasons. One is the low cholesterol diets. So cholesterol is the starter molecule needed to create estrogen, progesterone, and testosterone. And so you cut your cholesterol on your diet, then boom, you cut out all those hormones, and you decrease the young men's potency and the young woman's fertility. I think that's the number one cause. The number two cause is the um, synthetic materials in our diet. Um, some people refer to this as processed foods. So these synthetic materials are just not enough to fuel the body so it can um, operate properly. Okay. Let's move this over here so we can see. I can't believe you remember the exact year you did this show on Alzheimer's. Yes, it's because I don't have Alzheimer's. <laughs> All right. <laughs> Let's see. Can someone direct me to a regimen for fibromyalgia? Yes. Go to vitalitycapsules.com and download the Candida Cleaning Report. That is an excellent place to start. Good morning, Scott. Irene says, Irene Paquin, hi, Dr. Daniels, you have helped me a great deal. Thank you. You are welcome, Irene. Thank you for posting. Oh, it reminds me. Please, if you like what you're hearing here, please share, like, and uh, there's a recommendation evaluation place where you can click the five-star rating and say a few lines. So please do that if you're on Facebook. <laughs> Shamir says, Dr. Daniels, do you know how hair relaxers that African-Americans use affect their health? Recent studies says it causes fibroids. Okay, so there's a few things wrong with this question. One is African-Americans and causes fibroids. So hair relaxers are bad news for anybody who uses them. I don't care what color you are. <laughs> so... Um, any chemical hair products you use in your hair get absorbed through your scalp, circulate around, and they cause a tumor somewhere in your body. Maybe it's a harmless tumor like a fibroid, or maybe it's just a lipoma, or maybe it's just um, moles or whatever. But uh, so, so all these chemicals people put on their hair are uh, very bad because they're absorbed through the skin and because they go to other parts of the body. So I would say to any woman, black or otherwise, uh, just eliminate your hair products. Um, and that sounds like a strong comment, but really eliminate your hair products. A lot, a lot of people say, oh, Jennifer, you're so healthy. You know, mm -mm -mm. yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm -mm -mm. Yeah. So I have had my hair relaxed 
I want to say three times in my whole life, and that was under, as you might imagine, severe, severe social pressure. That would mean like my family taking me to the salon and saying, you have to do this. Oh, my God. Don't you have any self-respect? How can you be a doctor and not have relaxed, straightened hair? <laughs> I kid you not. That really happened. Um, so, you know, you just have to realize that a lot of these sicknesses are of your own cause and that you're spending a lot of money to, to stay sick. So these uh, hair products can cause moodiness, irritability, fibromyalgia, you know, just a lot of problems. And I have worked with women and I am just shocked at their unwillingness to stop bleaching their hair, tinting their hair, doing all kinds of stuff with chemicals on their hair. Um, you know, they, they, they don't want to be gray. They don't want to be whatever color the hair is. So really you have to, you know, if you've got to read the labels on, on your bottles and look up every single ingredient, whatever you have to do to convince yourself, uh, no matter what color you are, whether you're black or brown or yellow or white, uh, you know, just really stop the hair products. So what I do is I don't, I, I just, you know, use braids and no chemicals there. Now, if you go to a regular official shop with a trained um, beautician, she's going to dump, God, like five different chemicals in your hair before she braids it. I'm like, excuse me, can you stop? That's not what I came for, just braid it. So I don't go to a shop to have my hair braided. I have a regular untrained, ignorant person just come to my house and braid my hair. So uh, as a woman, it's very difficult to avoid all of these chemicals and it is these chemicals that actually cause fibromyalgia, and you've just got to get rid of them in your life. Personally, I use um, Shaka Kai powder. I wet it, make a liquid out of it, and wash my hair with that. And um, I put the oil of choice on my hair. I personally use uh, castor oil or almond oil, but really, any oil that works for you is fine. I mean, even if you use lard, you can use olive oil, anything. Just don't use those chemicals from the store. Danny says, well, turpentine by... Are you in foreclosure, expecting to be served with a foreclosure lawsuit, or suspect your lender has coerced you into an illegal mortgage transaction? A huge number of mortgages made in the last 10 years have legal issues and are possibly defective. State laws and the U.S. Supreme Court have upheld that defective mortgage documents are grounds for foreclosure defense and for counterclaims in favor of the homeowner. If your mortgage has been sold or assigned since closing the loan, it may be defective and you may be paying the wrong party and the lender may not have standing or the right to foreclose or collect payments under the law. If you would like to know if your mortgage is legal or not or know if you are 
are paying the right party, we can help. Our initial consultations are free of charge. We are not attorneys. We are legal researchers and work closely with experienced lawyers who know how to help you find the evidence to help you keep your home. Call toll-free 1-855-2-KEEP-IT. That's 1-855-2-KEEP-IT today. Without the right accessories, any guy can be off the mark. Whether you've invested thousands in your arsenal or you own a single trusted firearm, a visit to aroutfitting.com is in order. It's one of the finest online selections of tactical optics and AR parts and add-ons, like EOTech, quick target acquisition with no peripheral loss. Browse the full range of Nikon scopes and binoculars. aroutfitting.com can illuminate your world with streamlight gun-mounted lights from keychain to large handhelds up to 1,100 lumens. Find some stability with Battenfield Tactical Bipods. AirOutfitting.com has CMMG gun parts, barrels, assemblies, handguards, part kits, and more. Plus magful clips and magazines. I know I've got you excited, so take a breath. Head to AirOutfitting.com. The site's super easy to navigate and features a ton of technical info, including links to manuals. We also welcome vendor and manufacturer inquiries. Remember, if you don't see it, we can get it at AirOutfitting.com. Tired of being lied to by mass media? It's growing more and more apparent today that news is received less and less through standard media outlets. Even with a growing audience every day, RBN is beginning to direct more efforts into social media. Social media and the use of the Internet is fast becoming the primary source of people for news, regardless of demographic. RBN has set out to provide some of the best news on the Internet through republicbroadcasting.org and also has begun to use the tools to our advantage by way of social media. Republic Broadcasting is now operating a Facebook page to function as yet another avenue to have our collective voice reach new audiences across not only America, but across the globe as well. The Facebook page features not only news, but also an RBN player to listen to our broadcast. Get involved by visiting Facebook.com slash Republic Broadcasting and liking our page and share it with your friends and family because you can handle the truth. Hi, this is Dr. Daniels, and welcome back to Healing with Dr. Daniels. Okay. We are answering questions, and we're talking about de-prescribing drugs because nobody wants to tell doctors to stop a drug, so we're just de-prescribing. <laughs> All right, so we're talking, we're talking about hair relaxants and um, effects throughout the body, such as fibroids and various other tumors, and yes, that's the case. And if you recall, Jackie Kennedy, um, famous beauty icon and first lady in the United States, um, died of cancer in her 50s. Now, she had very, very frizzy hair, and so it was heavily, heavily relaxed. It may have had something to do with her cancer. April Cole, sorry, any supplements good? Yes, a lot of supplements are good. But again, the medical industrial complex picks on the few that are not any good at all. For example, vitality capsules are great. And they're made, though, of whole, unprocessed herbs. And so you have to take a look at the supplements kind of on a case-by-case basis. And what they did say was, hey, Senna, which is a supplement, is totally totally effective, far more effective than the pharmaceutical agent, uh, docusate sodium. So, yes, a lot of supplements or herbs are extremely effective. And 
the medical industrial complex, I would like no one to take any of them. Which reminds me, vitality capsules. <laughs> Finally, they are in production. They should be available in at the end of a week or two. So we're very close to shipping them. <sighs> Hi, Vernell. Zvilvi says, I just want to say hi from Hungary, Budapest. Why? Thank you for listening. I love you. Thanks for your work. You're so smart, sweet, and funny. <laughs> Thank you. Marie says hello. Megan says hello. Sherry says hello. How often do you take? Is she legit? You should take it about four times a week. I get around to it about twice. Help with torn meniscus and ACL. Let's see. Ah, okay. Torn meniscus and ACL. Believe it or not, there is no evidence that surgery for this condition is effective. Yes. So you want to brace it, immobilize it, elevate it, and weight bearing as tolerated. That's the basics. And for that kind of injury, it will take anywhere from uh, three months to two years. You've got both torn. Yeah, it'll heal. But with surgery, it will actually never heal because they'll go in and cut out the very part you need for healing. Ombre says, good morning, good morning. Megan says, active growing well on my ear for 12 years. Removed it with black salve in the past. Now it's back. What do you recommend? Remove it again with black salve and then start. Then you have to adjust your diet. Best way, place to start is go to vitalitycapsules.com, download the Candida Cleaner Report, and start with that diet. It's a very cleansing diet. They operate on, so, so Ambry says, she has a daughter who had surgery was, and is now getting Lovenox injections. What the heck for? Jesus Christ. Lovenox injection. Oh, it's a blood thinner. And it's used to prevent blood clots, like the vein thrombosis. Yeah, simple vitamin C. You don't have to go all, you know, vitamin C, uh, cayenne pepper, ginger is fine, all these things. All you want to do is, is thin the blood, but really what you need to do, again, drink water and poop, ultimate blood thinner. Cleopatra says, you will never know how much your advice on your YouTube videos helped me. You are welcome, Cleopatra. And so, Cleopatra, I also want to tell you, I have a monthly uh, group subscription program where I teach even um, deeper information, information about uh, the natural healing industry 
what things to avoid, what things really work, and actually give you a treasure trove of information so you can treat yourself quickly at home without resorting to ambulance, health insurance, doctors, or hospitals. So definitely check that out. It's the Home Healers Program. Leave the fire cream alone, folks. 